Hi guys, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Magic Cast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Um, there's, I'm on my own today. There's no Sam, there's no Imran, but I do have one guest, and I've got Munir Zamir um, from the Distant Loopy. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, Scott, and thank you for having me on. It's uh, a pleasure to be invited to speak anything about AS Roma, so delighted to be here. Oh, no, that's not, not a problem. I think Imran sent out a message probably a couple of weeks ago for you to join us and speak about AS Roma. We we did have you planned to come on last week. We recorded last Monday after the Sampdoria game, but sadly you couldn't join us. We did get some messages through our, our second WhatsApp group, but today thank you for joining me. I just wanted to ask about the Distant Loopy. Um, how did it come from yourself? Um, how long you've been supporting AS Roma and the pain that it's given to yourself, like it has to <laughs> all of us? It's been, it's been a what, twelve, thirteen years of pain without a trophy, and it's ugh, when is this going to end? Yeah, no, fair question. Uh, for for me, on a personal like level and journey regarding Roma, I fell in love with. AS Roma the night of the European Cup final in 1984 against Liverpool. Oh, wow. Um, so, yes, a long time ago, and I was like, uh, I was about 13 or 14 at the time. Um, and I suppose the irony about falling in love with an entity like Roma on a night of immense pain for an entity <laughs> like Roma kind of gets you to understand. Uh, what kind of nature of a person uh, or what kind of person I might be by nature. So for me, although it was glorious for Liverpool, it was very painful for Roma playing in their kind of home stadium at the time, so on and so forth. Lots of fanfare. And they lost in quite tragic circumstances. For me, that kind of nudged me a bit and left a bit of a, uh, a, a mark, an imprint in regard of kind of how I found it on that fuzzy screen on BBC One, whenever, wherever I watched, must have watched it as a kid. Uh, you know, TVs back then weren't exactly the you know the standard of technology we're used to now. So Agreed. all of all all of those memories um, kind of stayed with me. And then not to try to paint this picture of a you know, 35, 40 year relationship with Roma, but it stayed with me. And then literally the easiest way to then bring that kind of forward into almost the modern era was when Channel Four started Italian football mm. and. Uh, I couldn't help but, or I couldn't resist just kind of searching out for this team again. And uh, luckily for me, as I did seek them out, uh, I found a couple of players who I immediately resonated with and kind of really identified with one of them being the main man, Francesco Totti, eventually. And I've just loved Roma ever since. Have you been out to Rome pre-pandemic to watch <laughs> any of the games? I know because we can't go out now because yeah. of what's going on. No, regrettably not. The furthest oh. I've, I'm gutted because the closest I've ever been, as I spit, is Milan. Ah. Um, and I never quite made it to Rome because I was there for it, some work. And then uh, obviously, so I have been to Italy, but didn't have time to, you know, do, do kind of the pilgrimage to Rome. Um, but literally between us two and your viewers and listeners, 
the minute I'm legally allowed to visit Italy again, that's where I'm going. I'm going straight there. I think I, I'll be joining you. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. I haven't been since March 2019. It's the last time, which was Ranieri's first home game against Empoli. We won 2-1. Yeah. The coldest... It's the coldest I've ever been in a football. I'm, I'm also a Swindon Town fan, so I've got a lot of pain in my life supporting two clubs who, who struggle on on the front. So I've been up and down the country for one of one team. I've been out to Rome, I think nine times to watch Roma. I sentiment your your reasonings. Channel Four for a lot of us, I think of our generation. I'm mid thirties, so. I'm part of that generation who watched a lot of Italian football on Channel 4 and seeing yeah. the choreography, the colours, and especially the, the Roma kits of yesteryear and the players, mm. especially Totti. That was his prime, and you got to see. And the start of an amazing AS Roma side going into the 2000s, probably up to about 2003, and then you saw a little bit of a decline, and then you saw the Spalletti years and then mm, mm. the Ranieri renaissance and then it's been up and down ever since. Um, I'm going to start off chronologically of the last week or so. Mm. Paolo Fonseca, Tuesday, said that he was departing the club. I think we all knew it was going to happen. Uh, what were your thoughts on on the timing of the situation? Because it what, mm. is only... Three three weeks before the season ends, it seems I thought they could have waited to the end of the season, but then I'll talk a little bit later on about the bombshell we got three yeah. hours later. Yeah, yeah, no, no, makes sense, and that's been, to be honest, that's been kind of like when you when you think about it beyond the bombshell, you were like kind of like three weeks before the end of a season that's been a difficult one for all concerned with football, but. The the thing for me that I take away from it almost like a week later now, if I'm honest, is like the Friedkins haven't really said a lot since they took over the club, point number one. And point number two, you kind of imagined eventually that's going to change. And then it kind of leads me to think for them, I guess now I look at it, the bombshell news was something they probably needed to get out and mm. then realised as well well, we can't get that bombshell news out before we drop the mini bombshell that everyone's kind of expecting. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I think about it and I think from a club or and business perspective, they were like, well, we better get this news out about Paolo Fonseca as an example. Personally, I'm with you or it could have waited with the writing was on the wall anyway. Um, and also on the fact that just as argument's sake, it's in the same week we could have had a miracle comeback and won 4-0, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, the timing was strange. And if I qualify the term strange, I think if if AS Roma went by any other name, it would be AS Strange. So it doesn't really surprise me either. That's my take on it. Yeah, I think as as we, we agree on both, it's, it's, the timing could have been a little bit better. The writing has been on the wall. Um, I think pre-February, I did have an inclination that he could get a contract extension until probably the end of next summer or the year after because Roma were doing really, really well. But then mm. pre-March, actually, sorry, pre sorry, AC Milan game onwards in Serie A, it's been a catastrophe. Uh, yeah. 
14 points from 33, I think it is, which we've seen a massive drop off on in form where we've lost to the likes of Palmer, <laughs> um, Napoli, um, Druid Sassuolo, lost to Torino, barely won against Bologna. So I think the writing has been on all. But the forming in the Europa League has been fantastic. But it's it's been really, really poor. Um, how would you sum up Paolo Fonseca's reign at Roma? Uh, that's a very good, very good question. I'm of the camp that thinks Paolo Fonseca is a very competent and gracious mm. kind of gentleman, point number one. I'm also, I believe that same camp, believe that he has some very good kind of ideas and tactics around the game, kind of formations and how he wants to play. I All of that adds up to the fact that really for him, bless him, it was wrong place, wrong time in regard to the massive upheaval in because of the pandemic and at mm. Roma, you know, the end of the Pelota era and the, the, the failed attempt by the Friedkins at the beginning. And then it drags on, it drags on, it drags on. And obviously we know what happened with the sporting director mm. uh, issue as well. So overall, I think I, I'm going to, I'm going to miss him if I'm honest, but I, I'm going to miss, well, you can't miss something you never really knew. Um, I, I would have liked to have seen Paolo Fonseca as the coach of AS Roma when AS Roma was stable, relatively strong, knew what it wanted, knew how it wanted to present itself, and kind of got him the players he wanted. That That's how I'll remember him. Yeah, I'm with you. So probably a couple of years ago, maybe. Or, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Pre, 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 uh, post Spalletti, uh, maybe before... Eusebio Di Francesco took over. I think you probably could have saw, seen a plan. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I'm with you. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a good manager. I think he's got good philosophy on how to play football. We did see it last season, and you you saw the switch in the tactics, and it did work into a point. I think if he had the right type of players is his Arsenal, and, and if he didn't have the injuries this season... And, <laughs> The, the injury list is just shocking at the moment, mm, mm. and yeah, you could you could have seen a different Roma, um, but yeah, I think he his next destination could be over here in the UK. There's a couple of clubs that are interested. I think Crystal Palace are one, and I think he'd be a, a really good fit at Crystal Palace. Uh, I did see Leeds United were another, but I did read the other day that Bielsa will be staying for another season. I think the Leeds fans will be overjoyed to see Bielsa ball for another season um, but mm. yeah I, get, I do feel that he would do well Paolo Fonseca would do well at Crystal Palace if if he did get the job or he could go back to Portugal or he could take over another, another Serie A side or in La Liga but I do agree that if the pandemic didn't hit and um, that and the ownership didn't uh, details didn't drag on you could probably see a different AS Roma this season Um with the Fonseca news lingering, we got another bombshell that I think broke the internet. And <laughs> I turned on Sky Sports News while working from home last Tuesday, and it was wall-to-wall coverage about AS Roma. Jose Mourinho is uh, after his stint as Tottenham Hotspur manager is, will be taking over the reins at AS Roma from next season. Um, Munir, is this is this good? after 11 years 
out of Serie A. Um, he did he did win the treble at Inter in his last reign in Italy. Um, how do you feel about Jose Mourinho coming back to Italy and, and being the freaking guy for next season? Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I mean, for me, the shock was right up there with figuring out I needed to get divorced from my first marriage. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, this is, this could drag on. This could be a, a PhD thesis, but bottom line, bottom lines for, for for me about the Mourinho bombshell was that the Tottenham stuff was so fresh. I mean, one of my best friends is a Spurs fan. I mean, he, you know, I, I, I obviously sympathise for him, but he, he's a Tottenham fan. And, and I, for, for, for his sake, I, I try to show a level of respect to his team, but it's very hard considering the, the team I do support in England being, you know, uh, another team in North London. Um, so it's quite hard, but we grew up together. Now, the point is, he, the, the news that broke the internet that you're referring to, Scott, you know, when, when I found out, I was like, what, what the hell? The first, the first, the first bit of info I got on Twitter was Fat Totty, and he, <laughs> and he went in. Bless him, he went into meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I went, oh no, I need to check this. And as you said, I turned on Sky, I checked a few things out. My mate, the Spurs fan, was the first person to message me and turn around and say, you know, your club is now finished. You know, he's going to destroy what's left of Roma. Uh, now. Again, a bit of context. This Tottenham fan friend of mine is also a Lazio fan. So, yes, exactly. And that's because of Gaza. Of, you know, Fair back. enough. So, yeah, so I, I, I don't want to, you know, I tried to tell him about some political issues, but he doesn't want to listen. Uh, you know, and some, some historical stuff, but f- good for him. Now, my getting on to the actual appointment, getting, you know, getting on to the situation we've now found ourselves in, I am going to quickly discuss it from two two positions the first position is going to be as a disillusioned disaffected and disgruntled fan of as roma so from that position i couldn't be happier even if as roma turned up and tried to open their fast during the month of ramadan with me right you know and sat there and said is this how we do it correctly Manir? So i couldn't be happier about that appointment from that basis now and that's because we can't get any worse, Scott. We yeah. can't stoop any lower. We can't drag our heels across Serie A. We can't look at those, you know, neighbours and all this kind of stuff. So for me, I'm like, yeah, this got this got Roma on the map for a very different reason. Now, the second context is this is a bit like when I used to try and buy cars off Auto Trader. Uh, and so... You know, if people don't know what Auto Trader is, it used to be this physical magazine in which you could check for cars and then it moved virtual. So you could check for cars online, secondhand cars, you know, but it was a bit of a lottery. And with, with the special one, uh, I'm kind of like the, 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 the silver lining might be you mentioned a gap of 11 years. The silver lining might be if he's suited to any type of football, it's Italian on football. This planet, it's Serie A, mm, Italy. Totally agree. And so for me, I'm happy basically to wait and see what happens as a result of him being appointed. That's my bottom line. I will add a, I'll add a caveat onto that. Do you think he, I saw this on Twitter yesterday and I sort of thought maybe I, I agree with this. Do you think he contacted Paolo Fonseca and said, do you mind playing 4-2-3-1 for the rest of the season so I could see what I could be working with? <laughs> Scott, I think I remember your tweet actually. Um, look, I mean, we, we, you know, we, we'd obviously be mates in any universe, given our shared passion and shared generation. 
that is almost like saying I bought a pair of original Air Jordans off my mate Dave, could you know, be, yeah. off Roman Road. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I mean, it could be, look, it could be the case, two Portuguese gentlemen, you know, one doing a favour to the other one. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. Uh, and if anything, our man, Mr. Fonseca, has been, whenever he's been asked about Mourinho in the last week, he's kind of like been... You know, yeah, we know each other. He's been very respectful towards me. We're two Portuguese guys, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, you never know. A simple little WhatsApp message in Portuguese. Yeah, bro, play, you know, four, three, two, one or three, four, whatever that is. Play that formation uh, and let me see how they go. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. And if anything, uh, we actually we actually don't look too bad in that current formation just barring injuries it probably would be a pretty decent formation for us anyway yeah as as i think in the last two games i think we've had 44 shots on goal mm-hmm. <laughs> with, from a from a 3-4-2-1 which we failed miserably in the last month to a, a change which suits some of the players massively and you've seen lorenzo pellegrini and henrik mkhitaryan have two great games since the switch and we've had yeah, yeah. a very very good side going forward against the Manchester United side who were also looking to score and play on a counter-attack on Thursday and also against the Crotone side who decided to park the bus for 45 minutes and then have a little go and then capitulated. Um, what are the AS Roma squad now for this season? Which type of players do you think could flourish in this system next season? Could you see a Darbo, which we've seen in the last couple of games who has really impressed, could you see him featuring a lot next season? Or could you see a Zaniolo coming back to full fitness? Or even like I said, I think Imran told me last week, could you see a, maybe a Justin Cliver or a Cengiz Under come back into the fold and really flourish under Mourinho? I, yeah, I mean, I, to, to be honest, mate, I those are all good for me. They're all good shouts because... Uh, and we throw in, you know, the emerging Marco Materazzi version of Gianluca Mancini. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think that, well, this this answer is caveated under the basis that I still don't fundamentally believe we're going to have lots of lots of money to throw around. So for me, I think there will be some comings and goings, and there will be hopefully suited to what the coach and the sporting director mm. believe is good for the team. But I, I can't see why, as an example, I cannot see why with Under and Kleiber coming back, as an example, I can't see why that, that, that for me, that's only a good thing for Roma. Because, as an example, even if one of the two of them remain once they come back, I still think it helps. It, we still look better than we did this season in terms yeah. of depth. Yeah. Uh, and the Darbo factor... Um, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx the boy, uh, <laughs> but I got to be honest. I actually, I actually only tuned in yesterday for the sake of watching this lad play. Like I was like, I really want to see this boy play. I wasn't disappointed because uh, I, I don't want to get along. I used to know a good friend of mine used to play for Dagenham and Redbridge, and he's about you know basically semi-professional and did a few professional trials as well. I played with him as well. Very good footballer, but. The reason why I'm mentioning my mate now is that when I see Darbo play at the tender age of 19, he looks like my mate looked like amongst all us riffraff trying to play in the park. You know, he, his poise and his understanding of the game is that of a seasoned professional who's been around the block. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, for me, 
if he's not part of the first team picture next season, for me that would be a grave mistake. Unless, only unless, he is sent to a, a, a literally a team where he's going to play week in, week out, and develop, and then come, you know, come, come back a season later to finish, virtually ready to do it. Yeah, I could see that as a as a last resort, maybe somewhere mm-hmm. in Serie B or uh, Serie C. A, a, maybe a club who's got aspirations for promotion in both Mm. leagues and like to develop young players that you buy players out on loan and like do well. Or maybe you could see him go to Holland or something like that. Roma in the past has sent a couple of players out abroad on loan and sadly they not developed like Mm. they wanted Mm. to insert Ante Koric. But yeah, um, but I do, I do agree, Darby. Oh my god, he was, he looked so good yesterday. Um, two minutes in, I could see him talking to Roger Banyas and Marish Kambula going pass to him, pass to him. Give me the ball. I'll drop yeah. a little bit back deeper. He's he's got the he's like give me the ball. I know what to do. Let's start the attack again. Do you know what? Do you know what? Very quick, sorry to interrupt, Scott, but it just it just hit me that it, it many many years ago I saw this young lad. I saw this young lad playing in the San Siro, uh, completely unknown, called Patrick Vieira for AC Milan. And that that Sunday afternoon, I watched that young boy play for AC Milan. I said, "My God, this boy looks good, right?" And I don't I don't need to go on to what happened afterwards. But I mean that that's I mean from what I see of this boy, he if 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 he just plays the game like that, bulks up a bit, you know, and, and so on and so forth as he will. Goodness me, he's, he's got he's got everything he needs to be one of the best midfielders in any team he plays for. Agreed. Yeah. Oh god, Patrick Vieira in the nineties, what a player! And that's a good comparison, but it's too early, yeah, too, yeah, way too early. This is what his third game for the club, and I know he's been on the bench a few times. I think last season, uh, I think in twenty nineteen, AS Roma did a, a nice piece on him and there's a lo- it's a lovely backstory about the rags yeah. to riches and it's and it's yeah. really good to see what he what he's become because the world is at his feet and he's going to be a superstar one day and i hope we reap the benefits of it um talk, yeah, yeah. talking about that because he starred on thursday so i'll only talk a, a little bit out of the game because it's a game of what ifs so thursday was Roma three Man United too. So what's that? Yeah. Five five eight on aggregate. Bloody hell! What a game! I think I aged about ten years over the tie. Um, <laughs> I think for bearing twenty minutes in the second half, I was thinking this could be on because Roma were attacking at will. Um, do you think the the last forty five minutes at Old Trafford cost us the game? Yeah, I mean, clear, clearly it's it, you know you look back over the two the two ties and you realise it was that second half of the first leg mm. and the most disappointing overall the most disappointing part of that is and I understand and respect the injury the difficult to believe injury crisis we had during the first half of that first game but at two one up you I literally had I literally had about eighteen minutes while we had half time eighteen minutes of genuine hope. <laughs> If this team knows what to do in the next 47, eight minutes, they may be able to go back to Rome with a tie that is winnable. Mm. Now, the fact that that didn't happen and to some degree memories of certain other defeats or certain other defeat in that same ground, um, it's, it's heartbreaking because 
personally, mate, and we're both Brits and, and so on and so forth, I I know that Man United are not <laughs> what they are made out to be, yeah. and they haven't been for a little while. Yep, now, agreed. Are, are we on their level? Not really, but had we been on it and had we known game management and really been, you know, really been feisty and really, really, like, tactical, the worst thing I'm about, you know, the heartbreaking thing I'm about to say now is, to be honest, mate, had all of that happened, we'd be playing Villarreal in the final. Yeah, agreed. I think if we come back, I think we talked about it last week, me, Sam and Imran, I think at worst, if we could have come back, we were 4-2 defeat in yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah. Winning 3-2, and plus with the two away goals, both teams got a couple of away goals. But yeah, we could have come away with something. But if it wasn't for David De Gea and that mad 20 minutes, that yeah, really yeah. could have been something special. I was just He was just putting saves off left, right and centre. I think in the first couple of minutes, we could have been 2-0 up. And it was yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. With, right. The, with the... Was it Mancini? And yes. then Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan. I think... Robbie Savage on CoComs did say that um, it could have been ruled out for handball if it did go in, but who knows. But what did you think of the second half performance? Because I think I did see a lot going forward. I think Rome, I, I tweet out saying that was Rovers' probably best performance in about two and a half months going forward. I think we looked a really decent side. How did you feel about the second half performance on Thursday? Yeah, yeah. I, you know what it is? I, I, you see every so often, you see sparks of uh, what, I, what I'd call this as a fan, is you see sparks of the kind of three things that define genuine, authentic AS Roma. That first one is passion. Mm-hmm. You know, the second one is purpose. Uh, and the third one is just this kind of power. So, you know, these three Ps, and when I say the power one, what I mean is when they're in that mood, this team, just that name, Roma, when they're in that mood, they just kind of power themselves forward in a game. Uh, and energy levels seem to go up and last-ditch tackles and chasing and running. And when they're like that, you remember the victory against Barcelona. When they're like that, you remember the second leg against Liverpool, so on and so forth. And you just you just look back and go, you can't help, as a fan, you can't help but ask yourself, is, is it difficult to want is it impossible to want that Roma week in week out now the problem is champions are like that week in week out yeah <laughs> so you know that's the way it works. but yeah no no absolutely and and to be honest we had them we had them on the run in many respects you know in that second half uh and I hope De Gea was doing that for the sake of turning up at the Olympico in the summer because uh, otherwise there's no return for us but you know I hope, I hope that was for an audition for uh, Mourinho but I doubt it but yeah who knows? Because yeah, he's uh, one of the free agents, and he was one of the players that are on the shortlist. Rumored air quotations of Jose Mourinho for next season. Oh God, he, he I think he pulled off probably six, maybe seven yeah, yeah. saves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Henrik Mkhitaryan one in the second half, where it it hit him, and it just yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, my yeah. God! And then when it was two one. Um, Edison Cavani, who's got probably one of the best records against AS Roma, and just a dagger through the heart. And then it was 3-2, um, bowing out 5-8 on area. Um, how did you see... Overall, sorry, overall, how did you feel Roma achieved in Europe this season under Fonseca? Because it was... Is it two defeats, one draw? I think it's... Is it 12, 10 wins or 11 wins this yeah. season in Europe. I think we've done pretty well to get to a semi-final. 
Yeah, and I mean, all things to be honest, all things considered, this this was a better this was a better version of AS Roma than how it ended last season in the Europa. Uh, this this was a, a more measured approach, played well in a lot in lots of games. You know the two the two games against Ajax, the Braga stuff, Shakhtar. Uh, you know you have to say that they 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 did appear to be a level of maturity, emotional maturity, uh, in the team. What we probably ran out of were just we just haven't got a squad big enough to yeah. cope with that. Just uh, yeah, on two fronts, the the amount of bodies in the squad because do well in Europe, and then three days later you have to put out. Um, a B slash C squad in yeah. Serie A, and with the amount of injuries we got this season, it's just ridiculous. I think it's fourteen games played in Europe this season. So if my memory is, I think it's eleven wins, one draw, and two defeats. So one draw was against CSK Sofia at home, and we lost to them away, and then the the loss in Manchester. So I think it's a really good European campaign as you, as we beat Manchester United at home, even though it was a and then losing effort over two legs, and then you yeah. beat Shakhtar, uh, Sporting Braga, and Ajax. Um, Ajax have literally romped to the Eredivisie title. We've literally done a Mourinho on them, winning, winning both, uh, sort yeah. of winning the tie overall. But yeah, I think it's been a good European campaign. It's just a shame the way it ended in the crazy 45 minutes at Old Trafford, and then we had really nothing to play for but hope in the in the second leg but it's it's going to be a tough order now to get into the Europa League for next season um I will talk about yesterday's game so Roma 5 Crotone nil yeah I was a little bit worried at half time with all the chances what we had in the first half and at nil nil I was thinking oh not again see this Roma side do well attacking football with a switch to uh, a different formation and then come against the keeper who Alex Cordaz who has history in Serie A has been a really really good goalkeeper but got one and then the floodgates open how did you feel Roma played yesterday and any standouts for you in yesterday's performance yeah I, I tweeted just before half time that for some ironic reason Crotone were matching Roma which is not a nice which is not a nice feeling but, but that was because I felt that we for me in the first first 40 odd minutes we were a little bit kind of, we we looked good on to, we looked good to the eye but nothing else like moving forward a bit Darbo looked you know really good and composed but we just we just looked a bit like mm, yeah we're just doing this for the sake of it so let's just get you know let's just the first half is the first half let's just play football um then in the second half i think you know the the the, the difference was there was just this more hostile intent about Roma going forward. And what I mean by that is, to me, the the, the away team had kind of like kind of buck, buckled a bit and given up, got a bit tired. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were basically putting passes through. They were basically not long, but there were longer passes going through that were catching people like Mkhitaryan just on a good run. Uh, and so two, two or three of our goals were like that. But I think one of the standout features about the overall display yesterday was I liked how Borja Mayoral just, I, I just think he kept going, and I, I, I enjoyed what what he put in in terms of effort and commitment, and then got you know two good goals. First one was a very good finish, so there were some bright sparks. And I have to be honest, when you think from a psychological perspective, how much they were really up for it is debatable. So in the end, to give that team a good scene to is is 
you know, is fair enough. You'd expect that, uh, hopefully. And that's what they did in the end. So, you know, it was a good performance and the formation seemed to help the, the starting 11 out uh, a fair deal as well. I did see a half-time start that Crotone, excuse me, Crotone's XG was zero. <laughs> no shots on goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I don't think they got really out of there for uh, uh, they the didn't, half. They didn't. But you know what it is, mate? I and I mean, look, we, we, we've, you know, uh, teams do of course teams come there they park four buses not one yeah. um, and for me just sometimes there's this one thing and it's not I don't think it's going to change under Mourinho to be honest but there's just this one thing particularly about the, when I talked about Roma's passion purpose and power you know the best Roma is when teams do that part of you just wants you just want like Roma just play quicker play a bit more purposefully you know Move the ball faster. That way you'll make space. So sometimes we just slow the game down because the other team aren't interested. And that's when the other team look like they're more than a match for us. That's what's worrying. You know, so that's what we need to stop, basically. Yeah, with the intent, you did see a more attacking Rome in the last two games. And it's been, actually for me, it's been quite refreshing to see. I know some other people are thinking, oh, it's only the last couple of games of the season. But there's, there's people's future up in the air and they want to impress the old manager going out and the new manager coming in and there's there's good there's potentially spots up for grab next season um i will my last question on on yesterday's game um what's your overall thoughts on Borja Mayoral for this season do you think he is been a success and um do you think Roma would be it'd be a good idea to have him as a backup for next season if Edin Dzeko decides to leave and Roma do get um a good first team striker in. Uh, yeah, everything you've just said in the last that last those last couple of lines are where I stand with that. If 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 he if we if Jeko does go and we do get a main man, I'd like this lad to hang around as a second, definitely yeah. in that in that context. Um, if I'm here in room, well, on you know the Roma Twitterverse, I'm you know the talk is that Jeko's staying. Um, or he, he, it looks like he might stay. Now, if he's going to do that, I still, I'd then probably have to, the boy, young lad will have to go, and I still want a main man to come in. Because for me, although I have a lot of respect for Edin Dzeko, and I always have that, I've tried not to get on his back. It's not been easy uh, as a Roma fan. Um, but I can't see Roma being successful, i.e. top four next season, with Dzeko leading the line. It just doesn't yeah. make any sense anymore. So I think Mayoral's future is tied up to what kind of money we've got to bring a main man in, uh, a Bellotti type or something. Uh, and if Jeko leaves, then yeah, if Roma, what I'd like Roma to do is use their brains though and try and get Madrid to let us have him for that other second option year and then think about buying him if he bangs in another 14 goals. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't mind the extra, then you could probably pay the extra money. Yeah, there's a, is it a two, two year loan with an option. Is it out this summer they can, do a deal and or something like that. It's, I think it's quite complicated, but yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Um, or Jacob, what is he now? Thirty four, thirty five. Um, yeah, seven. Is it seven and a half million euros a year? Um, has his form over the last eighteen months really grant that? Um, especially with the two protracted moves to Inter Milan and Juventus, which dragged on in the summer. I do feel that I think his time in Rome is more than up. Um. I think I've had this discussion with a couple of people on here where he's been a fantastic servant for the club um, by the first season, which was a, a bedded-in year because 
mm. it, it's quite hard to adapt to Italian football. I think you've seen a lot of world-class players over the past 10 or 15 years struggle to adapt, but that second season was outstanding, and he's backed it up ever since. But I do feel his time is up, and if Roma can get someone a little bit younger and a little bit hungrier and suits the style of football that Roma want to play, maybe a Balotti, maybe a Donia Milan from PSV. I think that would, that would be an excellent signing. Mm. But who knows? But yeah, I do do agree. I think Borja Mayoral is a very good backup. His numbers a bit, were a lot better than Nicola Kalinic last season and Patrick yeah. Chick over in his uh, stint at AS Roma. And yeah, I, I do feel that it, it wouldn't be the worst idea to see him as a number two next season behind a, a good hungry striker who is willing to bag the goals to take Roma up to the next level with Jose Mourinho in charge. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Manir, thank you very much for joining me um, <laughs> on this Monday, May evening. Um, how can we follow you on social media? You can. Well, thank you. Firstly, thank you for having me. No, it's no great problem. Talk. Great chat, mate. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Distant Loopy. Uh, and that's simple as that. Uh, be, be, be mindful that I swear a lot and I'm usually in a bad mood, but I didn't do that today. So out of respect for my host. Uh, so, yeah. That's fine. Twitter is a good venting point to swear and <laughs> not to cross the line, but to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, with a few expletives. Um, you can follow me at Scott underscore Munro. You can follow the podcast at The Magicast. You can find us on all podcast platforms. So that's your Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Spotify. If I forget anything, I apologise, but you can get it on all <laughs> Apple Podcast platforms. Um, Manir, thank you for joining me on this Monday evening. And uh, always remember, for Sodoma, and ciao. Ciao. Cheers, mate.